Assalamu alaikum, welcome to Mind Heist, episode 18, with Akhi Tweet and the humble self who's Amin. Um, we're recording after, I think it's been three weeks, I think, unfortunately, since we put episode out. So Why is that, Amin? Why is that? Why is that? Well, basically, I was walking, I was carrying like all this wood, and then I stubbed my toe, you know, and that happens. And I just felt really poorly for three weeks. <laughs> Okay, I don't know, that's that's like a metaphor for getting married, I guess. <laughs> no, yeah, I got married and, and then I went to Malaysia. I'm still in Malaysia, so, uh, so yeah, but I mean, I think it's, I, I still think it's a bit of a weak excuse, but you know what, it's just, it's that's how it is right now, yeah. That's how it is. And I told, I told Akhi Tui, I said, look, keep up the good work, bro, like, you're saving lives out here. I should have done an episode of my own, but I didn't even didn't even cross my mind. Oh, <laughs> I was actually I remember I was I remember thinking of that, like suggesting it to you, but then I forgot to tell I you. I forgot to even think about it. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, it, all it means is we've been recharging for three weeks, and now we're just going to hit it with this episode number eighteen. Mm. You know that sweet sweet eighteen. Oh God, yeah, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but yeah. We, we just, we're different, so yeah. So, um, yeah, man, what's been new with you? I, I was trying to ask you before we recorded, but you wanted to put it in the recording. So, bismillah, drop all, drop all the beans and spill them and mash uh, them. And uh, my son is really loud and, and a crybaby now. I'm trying to deal with that. Oh, I thought he was going to be a good okay. boy, but he's not. And you'll probably hear him I screaming in this episode. Um, but oh. don't call social services. That's just him trying to get attention. Oh no! Listen, guys. Look, he told me, he told me on WhatsApp, okay, that he hits his son. <laughs> so if you hear screaming, it's proof, okay. <laughs> now, how old is he now? He's less than a year still, right? Yeah, he's gonna be a year next month. Oh, okay. Well, once you hit like two years, then halas, then it's a danger zone. That's what I read. Did anyway, you get a belt like, out. Well, yeah, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have kids. I'm going to get social services oh, called on. Oh, no. <laughs> no, guys, like, honestly, hitting probably doesn't work. I'm not going to say it doesn't work, but it probably doesn't work. Mm. That's, <laughs> so, that's yeah. a safe thing to say on air, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, look, I'm in Malaysia. I don't even know what the laws are here. So, so maybe I'm fine. What's Malaysia? Malaysian seem What's like Malaysia a, like, bro? Yeah. Honestly, it's it's crazy, man. It's like different to anywhere else I've been in the world. So that's why I'm so happy I came here, like to just to experience. Like for example, uh, just the weather. For example, in the UK it's cloudy, mm. and in UAE it's it's sunny and it's hot. Here it's cloudy and it's hot. It's like a mixture of the two. It's so weird, and and it's humid. It's so humid, and I'm not even near the sea, but it's still humid, mm. and. And it's cloudy, but the st- it's still bright. It's not like depressing kind of cloudy mm. like in the UK. So that's cool. And then nighttime, it's all, there's always thunderstorms and uh, lightning like pretty much every night. Uh, but generally, well, like so, so nice. Uh, the people are nice. It's pretty organized. And it's, uh, you know, it's like, uh, although there are non-Muslims, like I think 30% of Malaysia is non-Muslim. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a Muslim country and they've done a lot like it's pretty organized it's pretty clean and they've got some really cool stuff like even economically like they've got their own car companies oh, um, right. and loads of Malaysians drive these cars and they're so cheap because there's no import tax on yeah, them because yeah, they're made yeah. here 
So that's really cool to see. And also when you go shopping in the supermarket, everything is made in Malaysia. Everything. Mm. It's really cool to see that as well. So alhamdulillah. Um, another thing, uh, like in terms of Islamically, like there is a big portion of the population which is non-Muslim, yeah, like 30%. Yeah. And you like right now, uh, I can hear, I don't know if you can hear in the recording, but I can hear this Quran being played out loud mm. like not not then even they play quran like two or three times per day out loud from the masjid and they they have a, a dars after fajr and maghrib every day and they play that on the speakers and they play the adhan obviously and the ikhama like mm. wow like it's everywhere mm. and i'm i'm in kuala lumpur i'm in the the capital i'm in the place where the most foreigners are i'm in the place where the most non-muslims are i think oh, well not no not that's not true but like wow like i'm in the center as well like wow so i was really impressed by that wow and yeah like islam is very vocal like it's everywhere and it feels like the non-muslims like are completely fine with it there's no i i don't i wouldn't know right i need to ask locals about this but it seems like everything's yeah fine. how so, you um yeah, how are you like communicating with everyone there though they all speak english oh yeah yeah malaysians all speak english like nine i don't know like it has one of the highest English fluency rates in the world for a non-English speaking country. Ah, right. Because they all learn it in school, yeah, yeah, so yeah. they're all very good at it. They're not perfect at it, but really, you, you, it's never usually an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Of course, of course. Yeah. Brilliant. So, yeah, man. I would encourage people to check it out. Also, check Turkey out. Like these are two. Uh, I feel like you know two Muslim countries where like things are like it feels like you know there's like progress and there's development i mean at least economically but especially in malaysia like islamically like it seems like people are generally good every single woman wears a scarf they might not dress absolutely perfectly but everyone wears a scarf yeah, yeah. it's nuts here, bro. that's good it's nuts that's good that's good hand. yeah yeah so 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 uh, what, what about you man i asked you about uh, how's work is there any anything interesting happening? um it's getting a lot busier um, mm. Yeah, that's it, really. People just have to know good. <laughs> that's it, really. I don't really yeah. know what else. I mean, same old sort of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Don't really have much to talk about. Maybe I'll do an episode on it one day. But well, as for now, Shall yeah. Mm. Keep keep up the good work. Oh, thank you, bro. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, and just you know, taqabbal Allah, bro, because that's that's inshallah good stuff. Inshallah. Um, so yeah, with this episode we said uh, we just decided discovered this this decided uh, five minutes ago we're gonna do about like the future, right? So what could be coming up in the future in terms of like where's the ummah going? Where's technology going in general? Where, like anything, anything to do with the future. So I got a few different topics I want to cover. Yeah, man. Uh, is there anything? What 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 came up? Like so, what came to your mind when I said future? So let's just deal with that topic, uh, whatever it is. We've got what we got. What we got? Well, there's like technology. Uh, yeah. Um, what what aspect of technology? Uh, like stuff to facilitate making life easier, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. Like it's just it, there'd be like improvements to what we already have, like. Right. I don't know, faster cars and quicker travel and more, mm. I don't know, more things to do on your phone. and I don't know. Depends, isn't it? Okay. So what about travel? Like, 
what about uh oh yeah so there's a few things uh, related to this in the news recently like um you know uber they were they were doing trialing uh, self-driving cars in america and uh, one of their cars killed someone oh, yeah. uh, while it was on it was on self-driving mode and it killed someone so uh anyway uber's testing this uh waymo which is owned by google and uh, loads of companies are trialing all this self-driving stuff so uh yeah that's something that might change in the future mm. um but, but that's the question a lot of people say like i don't want that like i want to drive how do you see it um yeah i feel like it's a bit of a waste of um effort really like i can see it for like the reason why i think it's getting all the funding is because it just opens up the door for like um what's the word unmanned travel which means they have to pay they don't have to pay people anymore they can just get some yeah. ai to do it but it, if yeah. anything it's just going to make a lot more um i don't know if it's going to create a lot more you know pov- a lot more poverty but it might just make make it so everybody gets retrained into it fields like that's what happened years ago wasn't it as like the the office sector became so much more computer based a lot of people lost their classic jobs and then more jobs went into the it sector but like one person can can probably manage like a whole office worth of computers instead of like mm. a whole office full of people needing to be hired yeah. you know so it does a, it yeah, does yeah. it creates weird like um paradigms and how people are going to be working in the future and you see some of that now like you see whole factories getting shut down you could even look at like the automobile industry now and if, i'm sure you've mm. seen videos of like cars being manufactured and like so much of it is just yeah. automated robotic stuff like that would have probably yeah. been done by hand years ago yeah yeah so you're saying like uh drivers will lose their jobs possibly yeah possibly i mean yeah. and the thing is with that like you mentioned the uber crash like people started getting like getting some sort of mass hysteria about it but in that same time frame god knows how many people were killed by cars when they were being manned by someone else you know yeah exactly so yeah exactly i think like i think it's really good i i i would never drive if if there was self-driving cars i would happily not never drive like i don't really care that much i'm happy to sit um the first thing obviously is safety you would assume the whole, like, the second reason after the economics that you mentioned, yeah. the second reason would be for safety, right? Like, so many thousands of people die in car crashes. Um, you could avoid that mm. if the cars were, you know, really much safer. Mm. Like, people would still die, I think. You can never erase it completely, but, you know, much less. So I'd be very happy about that because I'm very aware right now that when I'm in a car, it's very dangerous. Even if I feel like I'm a good driver, it's still very dangerous. Yeah. Really. And it actually amazes me how safe it is. Like, you've got these big blocks of metal with these engines. Sometimes they go in like 120, 140 kilometers an hour. Mm. And the only thing stopping us hitting stuff is our own judgment. Yeah. Like, that's amazing that, that there aren't more crashes, yeah? So I'd be very happy about not having to drive and being safer and maybe even not having to own a car because... You know, like these companies like Uber, that's what they're hoping to do is that no one would need a car. You just, whenever you want to go somewhere, you just get an Uber and you don't need a driver. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to come to That'd you. That'd be pretty cool. So I, I'm, I'm excited about that. And the whole driver situation, losing jobs, like, yeah, obviously that's never nice. But I feel like these things are inevitable because humans, they default towards general progress. Yeah. Like if, if a million people, no, let's say there are, there are I don't know, 100 million drivers in the world. 
like it's 100 million who are going to lose their jobs versus the 6.9 billion who are going to benefit then those 100 million unfortunately they're not going to you know get they're not going to win the, the argument yeah. people want convenience although like we should i don't think we should ever worry about like um jobs and loss of jobs and stuff because there's always a way isn't there like but it's from a muslim perspective risk comes from a lot anyway so if you are one of those yeah. people to have that fear then you can always just sort of look at life differently and approach you know your income in a different manner there's always something for someone yeah definitely yeah and inshallah that's how i think of it is like okay i'm doing something now to make a living which is quite uh i don't know fashionable if you if you want to say it like that uh, but I'm aware that in the future this industry might decline, and so I need to be ready to always upskill myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is harder than in the past. Like in the past, if you're like a blacksmith, you stay a blacksmith, Yanni. If the you know as long as the, the technology wasn't changing as quickly, mm. but now it's like you just got to be ready, man. Like learn new skills and get into new industries and all of that. Definitely. So it's kind of kind of part of life, man. Um, another part of uh, things getting easier. Um, what about another thing that was in the news is, is uh, Facebook, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was being uh, being questioned in the what's it called? The US Congress yeah. about, you know, uh, data and this and that. So that's kind of something like like where is privacy going to go? Where is um, social media going to mm. go? Um, God, it's a whole can of worms, isn't it? Do you are you bothered yeah. by the whole like data breaches and stuff like your personal info going out there like if it was to happen to you? Mm. Well, I work like Facebook is like where I spend like half my work day, yeah. right? So, um, so I know how it works, and I don't think any of the things that came out none of them surprised me. Like I know all of that stuff. I know how much data they gather. And I know what data is available to me as an advertiser. Yeah. Um, they don't sell me data. They just let me target people using their data. But I, I never access the data. Um, so it didn't bother me because I, when I everything I put on Facebook, I assume that Facebook is going to keep it. Certain governments may, might keep mm. it. You know, many people are going to keep like So anything I put online, I assume, halas, like it's not private. Yeah. There is no privacy yeah. on the internet. Yeah, it doesn't seem to bother um, me too much. I, I mean, I know some people think that's blasphemous, but I don't really think it, I care too much about it. Uh, and that's why I haven't really mm. been following it up. I don't really, I'm mm. not really, I'm not desperate to hide much anyway. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like, so what? You've got my info now, what? I mean, what are you going to do? Try and sell me something? That's, that's the worst that can happen, really, truthfully, isn't it? Yeah. And that's why I don't understand why people don't like it in the sense like what do you prefer you know you go on some of these news websites and you get the most irrelevant stupid ads whereas on facebook you get pretty relevant ads isn't that a better experience for yeah. you on uh, you know as a as an internet user yeah. that's why i never understood why why don't you like targeted ads like you should be happy about them because it's more relevant like people are targeting you with stuff that would be maybe you'd find a useful product out of it yanni Buying stuff is not always bad. It is you could be getting a solution out of yeah. that product, Yanni. But we don't so, know how much uh, of we don't know how much of these thought processes are wrapped up in like conspiracy theories of like some weird, you know, evil agenda about data privacy and everyone's going to get microchipped and we're all going to be slaves to our internet <laughs> browsers and I don't know. But this is it. Like speaking of future, this is what a lot of people really view the future will be. Yeah, it's like some yeah insane new world order of I don't know supreme illuminati type stuff 
No, I actually think that is going to happen because uh, Facebook has just Facebook. Yeah, this is without governments, without Google, yeah. without all these other things. Just Facebook on each uh, each account, they've got about two hundred thousand data points. So two hundred thousand pieces of information about you specifically, right? It's a load of data, yeah. and you. Uh, you know what I can do as an advertiser? This is me as an advertiser, not even Facebook themselves. I can get a list of emails, for example, that people have given me their email. Um, you know, when you like give your email for, to, to keep in touch with whatever, right? Newsletters or whatever, yeah? I can get that file, put it into Facebook. And then Facebook will match those emails to uh, Facebook accounts, right, of people. Yeah. And then let's say I've got a thousand people in that list, yeah? I can tell Facebook, find me the one percent of people on facebook that are most similar to these people in the list and it will go out and it will create a list of uh, like if it's in the uk it'll be four hundred thousand people which is the top one percent of people similar to that list now if you think about that that's amazing for me as an advertiser however what if i got all these terrorists okay i put them in a list and i said facebook find me people that are really similar to these and then I go and I find them and I say, look, you're likely to be a terrorist, so we're going to take you to jail. Oh, God. That's where it could go. It's like predictive policing. Like that, that I can see that happening, definitely. Mm. It's like a minority report, the film, where the guy's being chased for a crime he hasn't done yet. But they say, we looked in the future and we <laughs> saw that you're going to do a crime. Yeah, I guess so. But then it crosses over, doesn't it? I mean, then Facebook doesn't become like a private business. It becomes a government body because Facebook can't police. They can police their own They can police their own site and they can, you know, get rid of certain yeah. accounts and block certain stuff, but they can't necessarily... Yeah. And it doesn't hold up in a court of law that, oh... Um, oh, no, uh, it might. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But the thing is, firstly, Facebook works with the CIA and FBI already. Mm. Yeah. And the second thing is, you don't need to be Facebook to do this. You just need loads of data. Yeah. Anyone with loads of data, they can say that. And you're right. Like in a court of law, it might it's dodgy because it's like saying you're very likely, yeah, yeah, but yeah. You, you can't say you, you you've done yeah. it. But who knows? Well, like, you never know where it could go. You could find massive terrorist attack happening. All of a sudden, log- logic goes out the window, yeah. and they start saying look, we need to get the people most likely to, yeah. and we're not going to put them in jail. We're just going to, like, uh, track exactly, them. Exactly, yeah. Or so that's the thing. Like, there's one thing arresting someone because you'd need a warrant to arrest someone and you need, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But then, actually, if you've got enough, um, you know, reasonable suspicion to, to you know, yeah. um, keep tabs on someone, then that's, you know, that's all That's all, all, yeah. all, all fair play, really, isn't it? Because you don't, you don't know and yeah. no one will know that you are. Yeah, yeah, it's very scary, man. Like, I don't know. Uh, that's why I'm always wary of this stuff. I don't put too much private stuff on the on online, like as much as I can. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, very aware of all the privacy I'm giving mm. up, but I don't really know what to do about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah. I guess so. But that's the thing. If someone like uh, for the, I mean, you, you know, your your whole thing is e-commerce and doing business online and stuff, but. If someone else is just really bothered about it, then don't have it. Pretty simple. You yeah, know? exactly. And there's a lot of people that don't. A lot of people that live their lives without it. Um, yeah. I suppose what I don't like, the only thing I don't like about Facebook specifically is that it's very hard to delete all your data. Like you can deactivate your account, but you can't request them to wipe mm. everything they have on you because 
Like I, you know, I've deactivated my account many times, and then like what, a few months later, I bring it back, and it's everything's still there, which means it's right. all stored somewhere. It's just you can't wipe it clean. Mm. It's only ever deactivate, mm. which is that isn't. I don't think yeah. that's right. I think you know, if you want to, if you've changed your mind about the whole thing and you want to wipe yourself, then you should be able to, to wipe yourself, and there should be like an official yeah. documentation to confirm that everything's been wiped off the system. Yeah, you're right. I, I I thought that wasn't possible, but in Congress he said it is possible. So I don't know if there's something been added since I last logged. Or I don't know. But obviously they would make it hard for you to delete all your stuff because it's in their interest to keep your data. Yeah, exactly. But um, but another thing that was revealed in this uh, testimony or whatever is that Facebook collects data of people who don't even have Facebook accounts. Oh God, <laughs> like it's nuts. So um, how does it do that? So yeah. Like basically any website which has um, uh, like this Facebook tracking code on oh, it, right. um, it, it, it would still track you somehow. Um, also, you know, have you ever seen on a website where it says like our Facebook page and it's got the latest posts or yeah. whatever? That acts as a tracking thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that probably makes sense because it will probably create like a pseudo account for someone who doesn't hasn't made an account yet. And then when someone does make that account, then it will give them all the suggested friends, yeah, all yeah. the suggested likes based yeah. on their history and browsing. I mean, I had it before. Yeah, um, I know we're crazy. going on a bit, but there was this theory that um, uh, your phone listens to what you say, like what what speech is happening, yeah. right? And there was yeah. someone online who tested it out. Um, it was on another podcast I was listening to, and I think he left his phone next to um, next to the TV, and the TV was on a Spanish channel. And then the next day, he opened up Facebook, and all these Spanish ads were coming through. Yeah. And then um, I was driving to work. I was driving to London actually, and um, mm. I had BBC Radio Four on, which I never really do. And my phone was sat up like on the windshield on the windscreen. Anyway, and there was like they were doing this. Mm. They were doing two shows. One of them was about eugenics. So, like, you know, gene therapy and all that stuff. And another one was... I forgot what the other one was about. Either way, it was something else, really obscure. And then I went... As soon as I opened Facebook, as soon as I finished my journey, the first advert was for, like, a charity on eugenics, which is weird because I don't like... I haven't liked anything on Facebook to do with that. And then the second one was whatever the second topic was on the show, and I can't remember what that was. And I was just like, oh my God, they really are listening to everything I say. That was mad. But, it, but that's the thing. Like, you, have a, you have a terms and conditions when you use the app that says, uh, you know, allow the app to use your microphone. And your assumption, yeah. your assumption is, oh, use the microphone when I speak in it. But there's nothing saying that. Yeah. It just says use your microphone. So really yeah. and truthfully, it can be using your microphone whenever for any other reason other than what you assume mm. the, the, that your use is going to be, you know? Yeah, it's, and sometimes like even WhatsApp, what you write on WhatsApp, uh, then you see ads related yeah. to it um, on Facebook. Yeah. And WhatsApp obviously is owned by Facebook. But in this uh, court uh, hearing, or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. they, uh, Zuckerberg was asked that specifically. He said, no, we do not record anything from your microphone mm. other than when you're uh, recording a video to put onto Facebook. That's the only time we use your microphone. So... The thing is, it, there's so there's such a big downside for him to lie. Yeah. So I kind of believe him when he says that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know the answer, really. Yeah, you never know. But it's good for me as an advertiser. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I was just going to flick through thingy now, like 
Instagram and stuff and just see what kind of ads I get. But when I'm looking for ads, I never really find them. It's when I don't want ads that mm. they start popping up. Yeah. Someone suggested that it's not listening to your microphone. It's just that um, you, you're when you speak about something, yeah. uh, you're more aware of the Probably. ads that, that you see. Probably. I, I don't know, really. But yeah, so that's social media. I think also um, that's privacy, actually. You know, by the way, though, um, something affecting the industry I work in uh, in the next month. Yeah, I think in May it's coming into um, into power or whatever is uh, this new regulation in Europe, which uh, forces like advertisers and stuff or anyone that stores people's data to be like way more open about it. And it's like really pro uh, consumer like you have the right to de- to know what anyone is storing what data anyone's storing about you you have the right to ask them to delete it you have lo- all these rights they're giving people in in europe but it's only europe mm. so um you know like I- i'm trying to uh, comply with that and uh, facebook's trying to comply google's trying to comply and they said if you're found uh, guilty of of not you know complying they could fine you up to four percent of your revenue mm. so like loads of money so they're making it very strict so that's one thing but obviously in the u.s like people don't have as many rights in the u.s yeah. so it's more like free free reign there like do whatever you want good so um yeah that's like data i, I don't know where it's going but i actually do some i i'm kind of paranoid i do kind of feel like this whole predictive policing thing might uh, come into existence but i don't know at what point would I say, all right, I'm I'm done with this whole thing, and I just like go offline? I don't know. I can't see a clear line where to draw it. You yeah, know? that's the worrying. Well, this thing is it. Me. Like everything you have, and every every piece of technology you're comfortable with now is outdated at a certain point, and mm. is replaced with something a lot more, I don't know, yeah. integrated and online and high tech. I mean, even even yeah. your house now can be a smart house, really, can't it? Like you can adjust your heating, yeah. your, yeah. you know, whatever through. Um, certain apps yeah, and stuff yeah and as far as like and even self-driving cars yeah. like those can be hacked yeah and then they can take you elsewhere yeah. and this is the thing like it, policing um policing anything like that is so difficult like it's as difficult as you can imagine yeah. it being you know it's one thing yeah. policing real people in the streets and that but then trying to deal with anything that's happened online is an absolute minefield like mm. you just don't know where to start because you yeah. can just, you know, all it takes is one quick VPN and that's it, you're anonymous. So the mm. more everything goes towards online, the more crimes are committed and the more no one, like everyone can get away with anything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's where I've seen some news recently, like <clears throat> like in the last like six months to a year where different countries are attacking each other with these like different hacks and stuff like China and Iran are attacking the US and Russia's attacking the US and Russia's trying to influence the US election so it's like cyber war is becoming more and more and more like a part of uh, war I guess and like politics or international relations yeah. so it's it's kind of crazy even, like, even though it doesn't affect us directly going on about war and that I mean we're even looking at like AI warfare aren't we at the moment like there's there's this whole discussion I think um I think it was Elon Musk who started off that petition with other like um, technology leaders about trying mm. to ban the use of AI in warfare. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is, though, like 
I think that the reason they're doing that is because they're probably more scared that the the computers will turn on them. They'll be like Terminator, as opposed to yeah. the ethical, you know, justification of a robot killing a human being. You know, which already happens. Like we've already got drones bombing people, um, but they're controlled yeah. from a you know from a from a backseat. Yeah. yeah, but then it will be a point where I don't know, like some sort of tank is controlled autonomously and it just goes and decides what to shoot yeah I can definitely see that happening I don't see why it wouldn't happen yeah like like people people act as though there would be huge legal barriers but the truth is some many countries don't care about laws like the US uh, droned its own citizen without taking him to court mm. like they killed him yeah really. so they already break the law yeah I guess the, the, the what was I going to say Oh, my mind went blank. I was going to say something, and my mind went blank. <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, it, it was, that's it. Like it's just difficult to um, to really discuss it because a lot of laws don't ha- don't get put into place until the accident happens, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, you know? way later. Yeah, it yeah. takes bad things to happen before laws are enforced. And what yeah. you know, what is the gr- what scale is the bad thing going to be that leads to that kind of thing happening? Like, are we going to have like yeah. some AI army that goes rogue before we can put some sort of regulations in place or are we going to be yeah. smarter beforehand you just don't know yeah I mean I can't most of the time the laws come way later and it's just like already damage has been done and already boundaries have been pushed yeah you know? and so I, I don't think humans are going to change because we're always always late with laws like uh, I, I don't know it's just like Allah protect us. Do you really, because do you think um, I'll put it? I'm putting. I'm going to put a spiritual tinge on this. Do you think? Yeah. Judging by like a hadith about the future and that, do you even think we're going to reach that sort of idealistic future, or we're going to regress? You know, because oh yeah, that's a good point to bring up. Yeah, and yeah. no, that's it. Like because you you do read a hadith about the future, and this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen, and mm. I suppose it's a bit vague because you don't know if it lines up with what the future has in store or if it's incompatible like there isn't anything that's definitively yeah. says it's incompatible for our our goals of the future aligning with what that hadith state the future will be in terms of like you know mass technology and everything automated and this and that you know some people mm. uh, I speak to have the opinion that things will regress like I don't know some solar flare will happen it will knock out all electricity and we'll go back to the olden times I don't know. Like they say that based on certain language that's used in the hadith, you know, regarding swords and shields yeah. and stuff like that. But then again, that yeah. was the language of the people at the time, so that was all they could understand. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like the hadith uh, yeah. regarding like the malhama when uh, when the Prophet sallallahu yeah. speaks about like a wall that will be so great that the flying object falls from the sky. Like we could interpret that as a plane or a satellite, but people then wouldn't have known. So of course he had to say, you know, a thaer or you know something that 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 which flies. So yeah, it just depends, you know. It depends on interpretation. But it's I know I know it's every teenager's fantasy to just sit and, and start thinking about all this stuff. But you know, yeah. um, it's worth the discussion. What do you think? Um, honestly, I hate to like ruin it, but I I don't even care yeah. because it doesn't it doesn't matter so much. Like, True, it's like the it's like the question. Uh, I don't remember the Sahabi, but a Sahabi came to the Prophet He said, uh, "He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. When is the when is the hour?" And then he said, 
I can't remember the Arabic, but he said, what have you prepared yeah. for? Like the, the answer is, what have you prepared for it? It doesn't matter when it yeah, is, yeah, what yeah. are you doing for it? So whether we whether the malhama takes place with uh, swords or, you know, taking uh, al-quds back happens with swords or happens with cruise missiles or happens with flipping robots and whatever, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter so much. Yeah, yeah, the, true, um, true. What matters is, is your taqwa going to be at the level where you're still with the Muslims at that time? Yeah. Or if you've died before that, um, what did you do in your life before you died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what this is what uh, matters to me. Um, although you know, I can discuss it, but I'm actually I'll, these days I find it hard to discuss it because I feel like it's a bit useless. But if you if you caught me about ten years ago, this is what yeah, I would have had a three hour. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like that's what yeah. you know the youngsters love. They love that sensational yeah. like let's speak about this yeah. and let's speak about that. And it's fun. Well, it's fun to to kind of imagine and think about it. And a lot of these like um, theories of what happened in the past. And for example, like Templar Knights or or um, uh, what's the other thing? Let, let's just stick with the Templar Knights. Like. When inshallah, when we get to Jannah, I want to find out exactly what happened. Yeah. Because uh, some say that you know that they were Christians and they they uh, they became Satan worshippers and this and that. And well, it's so interesting to find out what happened. And like some people say, um, they they fled from when they were kicked out of France by by the government and like Christ, the church mm. because they accused them of being. Some accuse them of being Satan worshippers, some accuse them of being Muslims actually, which basically is a Satan worshipper to a Christian. But anyway, they kicked them out and some say they fled and they went to America and they're the founding, like they kind of were the founding, created the founding principles and stuff for what America is today. So blah, blah, blah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, these kind of stuff, these kind of things like really interesting to me, but I kind of just want to find out instead of thing. I want to just find out the truth, Yom Qiyamah, like the actual yeah, truth. Yeah, bro. Uh, not Yom Qiyamah, yani in general. You could watch a whole movie about the world. Yeah, well, From like, start to finish, bro. Allah, that'd be brilliant. That'd be the best movie, Grab the, man. the, grab the popcorn. Movie. Well, I want something a bit better than popcorn if I make it to general. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you, what uh, were you talking about? Uh, yeah, like... Um, uh, I watched a documentary on, uh, I think it was Vice, where they were talking about um, weaponizing AI, and they were talking about all these different robots. You know, like Boston Dynamics, oh, yeah. those crazy yeah. robots that can do backflips and all this stuff. And there was the woman, uh, they interviewed a woman who's like uh, in this organization which is about stopping uh, the weaponizing of AI. Oh, yeah, or, I saw that, yeah. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, so she's like, uh, they're like the military like the US military for example they're like saying we will never weaponize it we don't want to weaponize it we're just funding these things because we want it for um, reconnaissance and spying and stuff but she's like they always weaponize stuff yeah. down the yeah. line like they never fund stuff that they want well this weaponize. is it like and you, you'd you be dumb not to weaponize it because it's so powerful as well yeah I mean it's okay they could say oh we're not going to weaponize it but then the, the, the moment like some other country weaponizes it then they're fought, they, yeah, they're that's tied, true. you know like, like China never said they won't weaponize <laughs> exactly. it so China will weaponize it <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so so I don't know where that's going and I, honestly like what can we do about it Yanni? we just make dua that Allah protects us and uh, gives us khair Yanni. what can we do with it really yeah. uh, we'll see where it goes man um, uh, something uh, pretty relevant to me because 
uh, when I was uh, I went to Dubai like a few weeks ago and they opened this new it's kind of a you could call it a theme park in uh, Dubai mall and it's all VR okay oh, right, virtual cool. reality so it's like all these different games it's all VR and there's all different themes and all different types of games like I played a few different ones um, there's one like it's a shooting game so you're like trying to rob a bank and it's all a VR and you it's multiplayer so you can see your friends next to you oh, wow. and like you work together yeah, yeah. and uh, you you kind of aim with your controller like like really aim like, yeah like really Annie and you move your head and it's really really amazing I, I didn't know this stuff was available yet you yeah know? Um, I guess because I don't follow gaming and stuff and then there was another one which was um, it's like your King Kong and you're on this skyscraper and these uh, planes and stuff are coming at you and you can shoot them but also you can like grab the, these planes and throw them at the other planes cool. and it's all based completely on your movement and yeah. it's so amazing like it was so cool to be honest yeah. and that made me think like wow like we're further ahead than I thought with this whole VR they've thing. got a lot like um, did you get motion sickness at all? Uh, no, well, it, yeah, like a lot of the issues that they have at the moment with VR is that, in terms of gaming, is that um, mm. the it's not like traditional games where you can play them for like a good few hours. With VR, people tend yeah. to get motion sickness, so they they only give you like mm. short bites experiences. So if you were to buy like yeah. a VR headset for your house, which you can like on Xbox yeah. or PlayStation, whatever. Oh no, I think it's only PlayStation. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, they're really short like burst experiences instead of really long things because people get motion sickness oh. and i think that's why a lot of the technologies is sort of experimenting with ar which is obviously augmented reality which is like yeah. a mixture of the two so yeah. ar really you had like that whole pokemon go craze where you could sort of see through your phone you could sort of yeah had the camera out and you could see, see reality with an interface yeah. on and then they're doing that with yeah. like different head like glasses now where i think it was like google glass uh, wasn't it something yeah. like that where you can have like a heads-up display on anything that you're doing or viewing, which I haven't really yeah. released it yet, but the technology is sort of being worked on, isn't it? Mm, and that excites yeah. me more than VR, to be honest. Okay, I was so excited with VR, man, because you know, you know, this King Kong game, yeah. You're on the skyscraper, so you can look down and you see the edge. And so, like, some friends that were with me, they actually couldn't play the game. They were just too scared. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was crazy. But, but um, yeah, so uh, mixed... Uh, is it called mixed reality? Like, is that another word for augmented reality? I don't know. Or, I think they just call it augmented different. reality. But it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I know Microsoft is quite deep into Yeah, yeah. Like, if you had it on, you could just sort of... I don't know. I'd rather have that than a phone, to be honest. Yeah, it would be cool. But what I was also thinking with the VR headset is that my eyes are so close to a screen. Mm. And, like, what's that going to do for my vision? True. Like, I think if I did that too much, I would start only being able to see close to me. Yeah, well, um, we're the guinea pig generation. Which I, I mean, they're going to test it out on yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true, man. Like, I actually already have slight problems with seeing distances. And I'm sure it's because of using a screen too much. Mm. Really. Like looking, I'm always looking at something close to me. I don't, I never have to look far, so so yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty exciting uh, stuff. Like I can actually see myself, um, for example, playing sports inside VR or AR. Oh wow! Like playing uh, um, bowling or ping pong, like without having to have the table for ping pong, for example. Yeah. That would be like I, I can actually see myself doing that. So it's pretty cool. 
and I think you can get like like you said there is a PlayStation VR thing I don't know how good it is or how developed it is yet but like average people can buy this already hmm what else have we got in the future bro one thing I was thinking of also in, in VR is I believe uh, Facebook they bought um, Oculus right which is a VR company oh, yeah. I believe Facebook eventually is going to move into VR so you're going to have Facebook in, in your headset and you're Instead of having like a news feed, you're going to be looking around and seeing different stuff and being able to interact with it in a different way. I think that's where they're going to move to. So um, I think that's that's probably what they had in mind when they bought Oculus. So uh, I do I, I believe the future of social media will be VR and maybe the whole internet will become a VR experience like YouTube and just really scrolling on uh, uh, like google search and different you know i think that's what's going to happen eventually because you just have unlimited real estate of what you can see and you can interact with it maybe it's more engaging but also maybe it's overkill like too much information in one view i'm not sure yeah i don't know like for me i just i'm not a huge fan i haven't really used it myself but it doesn't really appeal to me because i just Mm. i get really self-conscious about everything that's actually around me instead of what i'm seeing in the headset and i just I have the fear of someone's just going to punch me in the face while I've got it on and not realise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's actually that's what happened to me. What happened to me is I I forgot I was not, I thought I was in that virtual world. So, for example, I was playing one of the games and my brother comes and grabs my ankle and, <laughs> and I I just pan, panic like exactly. like what like what's happening <laughs> exactly messes you up. So after I played it, I thought of that film. Um, What's it called? Uh, Wally about that that robot. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that, it's like a Disney film, I think. The robot. Um, yeah, that's it. Humans have left Earth because they polluted it so much, and they all live in a space station, and they don't walk anymore. They just roll around in these like basically it's like a big pram, like a robot ro- robot pram. Mm. So they all become obese because they don't walk, and they just eat just eat basically. They don't exercise. So I can I can actually after doing the VR thing I can see that happening like you just wear these goggles and you work on your goggles and you play on your goggles and you meet friends with, on these goggles and you don't need to leave the house anymore like I can I'm not saying that will happen but I can see that as a possibility yeah. I mean that happens now doesn't it like god I speak to my friends more on, on Xbox Live than I do in person because I don't have time to go out I yeah. can't be bothered to get dressed and get ready and go and we've all got different yeah, schedules yeah. so we just pop on a headset and that's it yeah, I mean, we've been doing it yeah. for years. We've been doing it on mobile phones. We've been doing it. We're doing it FaceTime mm. now. That's it. Like, no one really needs to meet up anymore yeah. unless you know they want to socialize yeah. and take some photos together. <laughs> Just do it for the exactly. No, the but yeah, reason. most of the time that's what it is for. You know, you, you meet up, take some photos, take a take a photo of what you bloody eating tonight. Pop that on. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I guess that that's what makes it makes me feel like it's very possible that that could happen but we'll see i guess um one thing we need to discuss i suppose is in like as muslims do we view the future as good or bad or it depends i think what have you got uh, what's the answer you've had in your head i think um we don't you can't you can't run from it really because it is there Mm -hmm. but then we never like we tend to just i feel like we have this idea in our heads that if it's bad, it's bad, and we don't want to harness anything and turn it to something positive. You know, we're always we're always the last to get something because we always run away from it before we can harness it. 
and and use it mm. for like you know positive stuff like use it for some dawah or use it for some some charitable causes or use it for some yeah. you know and then before because we take so long to get involved we end up being on the back burner of a lot of you know yeah probably not the leaders in exactly that field. yeah exactly i remember people used to call uh, they used to say fitna book for Facebook. yeah like like uh, yeah like you said like demonizing the whole thing when really and truly it's kind of inevitable that loads of muslims are going to use this thing so you might as well try and get benefit from yeah it. And we should, you know. But then uh, you could argue like that everyone should leave it, but it's just about the fact of will everyone leave it? Yeah. But this is it. Like, uh, it's like when people, I was I was in the masjid the other day, and someone had a go for someone else for being on their phone, like really blatantly. Yeah. But that guy that was on his phone was reading Quran on his phone. Like I saw that, I could see him doing yeah. that, you know. And the other guy yeah. was like, "Oh, this yeah. is a masjid. Why are you on your phone?" Blah blah. And he was an older gentleman, but it's that yeah. kind of it's that kind of thing. Like. Yeah. Do you think that just because your your perception of some tool is negative doesn't mean that that tool is being exclusively used for bad? Like people can say yeah, you're on a computer for too long or you're doing this for too long. Yeah. Like I've had days where I've spent in Ramadan just on the TV like all day long yeah. watching lecture after lecture after lecture. But to someone else that just looks like I'm being a lazy slob and I'm you know not making the most out of yeah, Ramadan. Yeah. But really and truthfully... I, I believe that Allah will reward me for actually trying to gain some knowledge through the tools that I have at my disposal as opposed to what a traditional person might think well you should grab a book and you should read this and you should do that you know so it's mm. it's it's they're all tools at the end of the day like unless something is in and of itself haram it's just a tool to be mm. used whether for good or bad yeah you know yeah I remember seeing uh, I think actually a, a whole book was written on this by um, it's, it was by a Christian guy in America, and it was about the effect of um, preachers going on TV rather than speaking in person. Yeah. The effect that it had on Christians, basically, and the so like quote unquote dawah yeah. of Christianity. And so, um, I can't say TV or internet, however, is inherently a bad thing. Uh, that would be a huge claim. But certain mediums encourage certain types of things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's that's definitely true. Like that's why I always, if someone says oh, I want to study some kind of Islamic science, I'd be always the first thing would be go to a teacher mm-hmm. local to you in person. No doubt, yeah. There's, that's best. So certain mediums are worse than others, but then again, it's like you don't always have access to all mediums, mm-hmm. and that that's when you kind of compromise and you work with whatever you've got. I think because like especially like television in general has been has a has always come with a preconception of fiction because everything on TV is artificial you know it's 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 mm. filmed like you like movies for example they're all artificial they're all you know that we all assume they're fiction so when we watch them and something happens that's mm. like incredible we already know that that's fiction yeah. so we associate that with being untrue and that mm. I, and I get the same sort of vibe when you're watching a lecture on television and it speaks mm. about the day of judgment it speaks about this it speaks about something so grand you, somewhere I believe anyway somewhere deep down because you're watching it on a TV screen you're not it's not packing the punch that it would if someone was speaking mm. to you in person because you're always going to associate yeah. that barrier of a TV screen with fiction like everything beyond mm. that TV screen has always been fiction even though like you're you're, you're, you're actively trying to believe it there's always going to be that sort of screen barrier that's going to say well this is where movies come from and this is where you know fan- yeah. fantasy arrives from and so yeah association yeah exactly yeah also it's the emotional distance you have with the speaker yeah right like you know 
also you know that this has been pre-recorded yeah, yeah. so if it's not live you know it's pre-recorded you know stuff might have been edited and you know that the, the guy doesn't see you you only see the yeah, guy yeah so that changes stuff as well if you're sitting live with someone and he has i don't know he has a coughing fit you're gonna have to sit through his coughing <laughs> yeah, fit yeah he's not gonna it's not gonna get edited yeah. out if he uh says something wrong and he makes a mistake it's not gonna get edited out he's gonna have to um rectify himself in front of yeah. you or you're gonna be and also when he says something if he says something, let's say controversial or whatever, then he knows deep down people might come face to face and ask him, why did you say that? Yeah. So it changes, loads of things are changed by that. But then again, you can't really, it's inevitable that this is going to happen, you know, YouTube and this and that. Like, YouTube is like heavily edited, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people, people are not going to show um, mistakes. It makes sense that you're going to edit out mistakes, but it just changes the vibe in a way. Mm. But uh, bro, what I was what I was thinking about future in Islam is, I my understanding is that the concept of the future, not our future today, but always the future in general in, as a concept, yeah. um, it, it's it's bad um, spiritually, it's bad materially, it's good, and maybe socially you could say, Allah Alam, maybe sp- socially things get worse um, with time. So like that's just based like on for example the Prophet he said uh, mm. you know the best of generations are my generation then those that come after them then those that come after mm. them so some people explain this meaning that the best of Muslims are the Sahaba and then as more generations come people get worse and worse mm. and worse and worse and worse so that makes you feel like um, in the future is is a bad thing. Like people get worse spiritually, my, and then you get the my, uh, signs of. Yeah, sorry, uh, I was going to say my understanding of it was that there's quite like there's peaks and troughs to it. So there's periods of good and periods of bad, mainly because I'm not talking about the the actual nature and the quality of people because people the quality yeah. of people always deteriorate, but the condition of Muslims in general. Because there's, you know, there's going to be periods. Yeah, that's the other aspect. Yeah, yeah. like there's always sahawat uh, of the Muslims. There's always um, a right like risings or yeah rise and fall of it sahwa yeah anyway. yeah that does happen but the gen you know you ha- on a graph you can have the trend line. yeah like the trend is downwards but you have like like the hadith mentions that every hundred years Allah will send someone to revive uh, uh, Islam yeah right so that would be an up period but generally it goes down but then materially things get better as we can see like technology mm. gets better life mm. gets easier less people in poverty less people starving right medicine helps like materially things get better um, I don't know about with the whole environmental thing that seems to be like getting worse yeah. so I d- eventually maybe the whole material side of things would get yeah. worse but um, but yeah that's how I always thought of it like spiritually things do go downhill but it doesn't mean you individually need to go downhill spiritually yeah. Like there's, there's always going to be people that Allah gives their bad, He gives perseverance to, and that they, you know, you can always go Jannah. Basically, that's what I'm yeah. saying. But the general Muslims um, and general people, Yanni, will uh, lose their iman. They'll come uh, detached from the fitra and all these things. So, you could say, I don't know, maybe you could say overall the future is a bad thing as a Muslim. Um, but you can always be hopeful because in the end, it's about you going to Jannah and your daily deeds. Hmm. So yeah.
Yeah, especially if you're considering like you're considering the human beings as a whole, not necessarily Muslims or practicing Muslims at yeah. least as like a pocket of guidance, so to speak. Yeah. You know, if you look at human beings as a whole, yeah. then God, we're yeah. we're an absolute state. But you know, you'd like to think that that little pocket of hope is is what you're trying to focus on. Yeah, that's what you're trying to be part of the part of the hope part part of the few people that are improving things whereas everyone's uh you know helping things decline mm. like i don't know but is that true like, i'm just trying to find ways that i'm wrong <laughs> like is like let's look at the u.s like obviously 50 years ago in the u.s there were way more family values even though people weren't muslim they were still christian and they still had certain values and certain principles yeah that they stuck to, which would i think it's like principles. it's peaks and troughs again like you could have said like the same way like society is going the same way that it did before and it does that until it ruins itself and then it re-emerges like right wing again so to speak oh, okay. you know like I mean look at ancient Greece it's not that much different yeah. to what you know the western world is like today you know but then it it reformed itself and then it comes and it goes and comes it goes and comes like it's just I think but isn't Greece nothing now I know, but I'm talking like in a general sort of um, like the cultures that we exist today. They often yeah. feel very new to people in the sense, like, oh, look how, look how, like some Muslims complain, oh, look how crazy things have gotten now. But these crazy ideas, so to speak, have existed, you know, thousands of oh, years yeah, ago. That's true. You know, they just disappeared yeah, for a true. bit and then they came back now. And that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like yeah. things have always been up and down, yeah. and we just live in a generation that's on a supposed decline to the point that we assume yeah. that oh it's this is it kind of thing when it oh, you know yeah. it could go back to how it was and then yeah. re you know anyway it depends how long yeah. we live for but yeah that's no that's that's definitely true like i remember thinking of like you know muslims always complain about the present yeah right? like oh we're in such a, a dire state but you know so when you put it into perspective it's actually not you, you, I don't know if you can say it's the ultimate worst period for Muslims because, like, for example, uh, uh, Palestine or, or Sham or, like, Al-Quds is not under Muslim authority now, mm. yeah? But that's only been the case for, like, 50 yeah. years, right? Or, okay, you could say 100 years since Balfour Declaration or whatever. So that's only 100 years. 100 years is not a long time. When, when Salah al-Din took Al-Quds back, it had been... Uh, controlled by uh, the Christians for 90 years mm. so you know like like you said like like people get even Muslims there's good times for Muslims bad times and for Kuffar there's good times and there's bad times yeah. so you're right like it's all cycles and li like the Romans and the Greeks that the Romans for example the empire stretched so far and they were living so luxuriously yeah. um, the, the actual Romans and that led to their decline because they were over extravagant. And that is the cycle. That's the sunnah of Allah. That when you get so powerful, you become extravagant, you become weak, and then you lose. Yeah. And then someone else will come. That's it. Like, so, you know, we, we, because we live such short lives in retrospect, to, in, you yeah. know, in respect, sorry, to the actual age of the world, like, that's yeah. why we focus so much on this and we think, oh my God, this little yeah. bubble that we're in is, is all yeah, gone to yeah. crap, so to speak, you know. But really and truthfully, yeah. everything, like we live in a generation where this is what's happening now, you know. And your great-grandkids will live in a generation where there's probably going to be a different kind of, you know, dimension to mm -hmm. the world. Yeah. You know? That's why history is so important, I think, definitely, to learn. Definitely, definitely, definitely.
like like literally around a thousand years ago, um, the Muslims were in a similar state to now. Like all different uh, people trying to control, like take power and money for themselves, and forgetting about the good of the ummah. They're just fighting each other and fighting mm. uh, the, the the people and trying to stay on power. And the Muslims were weak and this and that. But then what happened? The, and the Mongols were coming. The Mongols were destroying everyone that they went past. They took Baghdad. They threw the books in the river. They yeah. were going towards Damascus. Yeah. And then what happened? The Muslims. Uh, Miraculously, they created an army. You know what's his name, uh, Saif al-Din Qutuz. You know, famously, he gathered an army, and somehow he got these corrupt leaders to give him money to, to help with the army. And then he went and he saved al-Quds from the Mongols and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, and also even even bro, uh, you're like any any Arab uh, any Arab listening. Ask your parents what it was like in your country. Just uh, like in the sixties, oh, yeah, bro, yeah? definitely. It, it was nuts. It was crazy. No one was wearing scarf. No one was praying. No one knew yeah. Fatiha. People thought Islam was backwards. Yeah. And then in the seventies, a revival came. Yeah. So that was only like that was like forty, fifty yeah, years. Yeah, and, and that's that, and a lot of that still hasn't reached certain places, you know. Because um, I yeah. think a lot of that, you know, from, from an Algerian perspective, that's what sort of happened in Algeria. But like, look to your neighbours, like look at Tunisia. That didn't even happen until like 2011 when the, the revolution happened and then people started trying to practice again. You know, it was like mm. a whole post-colonial uh, black hole that had happened because every any dean had got yeah. sucked away from the people. That when they had a little yeah. bit of freedom, they had no idea what to do with it because they hadn't studied. Yeah. They didn't have any dean. They knew what dean was. They yeah. knew that's the right way to go, but they didn't know how to practice. And that's where all this extremism yeah. came from. And that's why, like, they got shut down again. Mm. Like, there's peaks and troughs of everything, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even when I think about Algeria being in a mess and corruption and this and that, I just remember that the country is like literally like just fifty years yeah. old. Like, it's not long. Yeah. Like the French Revolution, I believe the French Revolution caused a mess for 200 years or something. I can't remember. Mm. For 200 years, it was, France was a mess. So, like, come on, like, this whole post-colonial thing, we're still in early days. Really. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, like, I think this is, the, like, biggest issue for Muslims, really. And it's the same thing. Like, why do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about patience so much in the Quran, you know? Like... We are so impatient to the point that we want the future now. Like, we want this idealistic utopia now when really it's not about now. When you tell someone, like, you tell certain people that want, like, Sharia law and they want this and that and they want to establish the Khilaf. And, and I'm getting political, but this is the reality. Like, you tell XYZ person, why don't you start with your own family in your own home and, like, baby steps? Because really and truthfully, you're just a little pawn and in a in a grand chess game so to speak but they don't want that they want to move like they don't they want to move the entire chessboard instead of just moving what they're responsible for one piece they they are one piece in a in a million pieces and they want to move a million yeah. pieces instead of the one piece they actually have control over you yeah. know yeah it's easy to demand change um of something that you don't have to do the changing yeah. with yeah 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 <laughs> it's pretty funny uh yeah <laughs> Um, what about what do you think the future is of Muslims in the UK since you're in the UK um, um, it depends <laughs> I don't know um, it's, it, it depends what kind of angle you're going to come from it like there's there's obviously two angles isn't there there's the angle of someone who wants to really like keep themselves to themselves and, and, and separate themselves from the wider community of I don't know Britain for example 
And then there's the, the the other side of someone who wants to integrate and wants to be part of you know discussions and part of the, the proceedings and part mm. of that. And that is at the moment we've got that clash, haven't we? Where two there's there's no middle path. People don't tend to take the middle path as much as they should possibly. You know, there's mm. there's some people that completely like rip themselves out from society to the point where yeah. they don't even consider themselves citizens of Britain. They just feel like I don't know. I don't know what the the mindset is really but you you sort of see yeah. what I mean and then there's the other part where yeah. people may completely strip down any sort of back, background identity they have of being Muslim and just be like full yeah. on you know Johnny at the park exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> and I think you know it's a difficult job but I think the path it really is and it should be in the middle and I try and do that a lot in my own life where yeah. you know I do I consider myself Tunisian and Moroccan I don't know if I should because I wouldn't last a, I've probably said this before I wouldn't last a second out there on my own you know because that's not I wasn't born there I wasn't really raised there I know that people talk about hijra and going back to a Muslim country is better for you and your deen but really and truthfully go and tell that to you know a revert brother who's just converted to Islam for example you know who was born and raised with the culture of Islam right People didn't run away from their problems unless they were persecuted. People didn't run away from the lands that they converted to Islam in unless they were persecuted and were forced to leave. Because really, they had a vision of what is stopping my neighbours becoming Muslim and my wider community becoming Muslim and this country becoming Muslim. Like, there's nothing stopping that. Right. If we had the mindset yeah. of only staying in Mecca and Medina, then we wouldn't have gone anywhere. Do you mm. know what I mean? And we're not talking about mm. conquest. We're just talking about living and you know existing somewhere else. Mm. You know. Mm. But anyway, so as far as the future is concerned, it really does depend yeah. on a Muslim's attitude. Like, we could, if we were good, what what it requires us is to understand our religion to the point where we are able to explain our religion, and we can we can come to general agreements regarding what our religion is amongst each other, right? Because we yeah. are so confused, Dinian, we are so confused amongst each other. There's so much innovation going on. There's so much this and that going on that even when a non-Muslim comes and asks us about our deen, we could say something like me and you could say something to that individual. But then some other Muslim with wacky ideas comes over and gives him a different answer. You know, but yeah. we if we if we understood our core principles, our core deen, then that way we can come to some sort of agreement that when we do call for our rights in this country and we do explain our deen to, to people in this country, then then there's a standard, isn't it? There's a standard. And that standard yeah. can be accepted, and that standard isn't viewed as extremism, and that standard isn't confused with, you know, some sort of anti-British, I don't know, mm. uh, ideology. But it's it's seen as the standard Islam. But at the moment, I feel like people still haven't figured out what the standard Islam is, and there's also like a darker reality of taking advantage of this liberal Muslim, like liberal Islam ideology of. You know, mm. uh, I'll come. You know, I'll do whatever I want with you, and that as long as I don't drink alcohol, or eat pork, then we can do whatever kind of thing. You know, like mm. you see it on like BuzzFeed videos and stuff like that, where they just sort of really water down what Islam is to the point it just becomes yeah. the color of your skin and where you're from. Yeah, you know? yeah. just identity. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, what about this though? Because for me, I feel like there's a, a new era has come in this whole. Uh, democracy nation state uh welcoming immigrants era mm. of of the western world right so like canada us and uh, the uk and also like sweden and france and stuff they generally over the past you know 
50 years they've been accepting loads of immigrants from different countries, mostly um, old colonies into their uh, countries, right? right? And that's created these significant sized minorities, okay? Yeah. And it was all under the name of, um, well, in the US it was all about we're a nation of immigrants and if you can contribute to our economy, because we just love money, that's our main thing, then come and work and bring your skills and stuff. Mm. And in the, in the UK, uh, I don't really know what, what the principle behind it was, but maybe it was like, um, we, we messed with your country, so come. Or maybe it was, we need cheap workforce, so come. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway, that happened. Now, that's been happening, that's been happening, that's been happening, and the Muslims and different immigrants have created bigger and bigger communities. They're a bit more and more part of the whole society. But now it seems like since like Trump got elected, there's been this rise of people who are like, actually, actually, we never agreed to have all these immigrants come to our country. Mm. We never like we never like voted and said we want this to happen. We don't actually like what's been happening. We've just been quiet about mm. it. All of a sudden, these people are unifying online. They're finding each other online mm. and they're speaking louder and louder and louder, saying we want our country to be how it used to be or we want it to be for white people mostly we want it to be for christians mostly we want the muslims to have to adapt to, to our culture yeah. not not everyone has to accept everyone's culture so this is a new era i feel um like just how muslims <coughs> sorry just how muslims are getting probably better at, at explaining their religion and they're becoming maybe they're becoming better muslims like better uh, they're practicing it better. Yeah. Their behavior is becoming better, yeah. right? Um, equally, um, it's come, the time has come that these people are just, you could call them nationalists or whatever. They're kind of fed up of, of not not looking like everyone, yeah. right? And they're, they're fed up of the PC culture of, I can't say I don't like Islam. Yeah. Like, I, I thought this country is built on free speech. So that's what I feel like this new era has come. But what do you feel the outcome of the, these people is? Because obviously there's quite a lot of them. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it, there is a lot of them or if it's just... Oh, you're right. You sound like you're dying there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know if there's a lot of them or if it's just we're led to believe there's a lot. I mean, yeah, I suppose if you were to take the whole you know, American election at face value, then you'd be like, well, yeah, they voted Trump in. That's crazy, you know? And maybe that does signify that there's a lot of them. Um, I think it's difficult mm. for me in the UK to talk about those issues over there because I don't think that we have the same amount here as we do over there. There's pockets of them. But then again, I live in such a like a, a left-wing city, bro. Like When the EDL come down here, they get kicked out. Like it's That's mm. that's what I'm used to, you know, and I'm used to a lot of tolerance yeah. around here. So it's it's maybe it depends yeah. where you live. But then again, it's, you drive a little bit out of my city and it's just, you know, it's completely different. Like it's it's big yeah, yeah. built up city areas that tend to be quite tolerant as opposed to like the rural classic, you know, I don't know, farmland, so yeah. to speak. But I don't know. I don't yeah, know what yeah. the future holds. At the end of the day, you know, who's having the most kids, bro? It's probably the Muslims, like, no doubt. Mm. And and Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to mention yeah. is that those even those people, they don't have that many kids. More and more people are developing these ideas of um you know, homosexuality or uh, trans, or whatever it's called, or not having kids. And so in the long term, it seems like there's going to be less and less uh, white people and more and more like Muslims or whoever likes to have a lot of children. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's, it's crazy. Is it like uh, I, I have a, I have faith that, you know, 
they they always you know when things get volatile they always reaches some sort of equilibrium you know you shake a cup of water and it it will mm. bounce about for a bit but then it'll yeah. always stay level at some point and i think you know as extreme yeah. as things get they always bounce back sooner or later and it gets to it because yeah, at the end definitely. of the day between left and right there's only a middle path and you know yeah. if you if you if you objectively look at islam and compare it to left wing and right wing ideologies you can see that islam yeah. shares stuff from both sides you yes. know, it shares the traditional yeah. family values that maybe the right really sort of holds strong, but it also shares a lot of ideas of tolerance and acceptance, and um, you yeah. know that kind of stuff from the left. Yeah. And it really is the middle yeah. path to what people are missing. Yeah. You know, um, mm. with its own tinge of spirituality and deen, which both sides tend to sort of. I mean, I suppose you could say the yeah. right wing have some sort of a historical Christian alliance, you know, heritage and stuff. Yeah. But whether it's actually practiced, yeah. we don't know. But this is why like DAO is so important, bro, because Islam really does if you would spoke to someone really and truthfully, you could actually connect with them on things that they've already accept, you know? Like a right wing American will will say, you know, God is love and etc. etc. and have a passion for God. But if they understood God the way Islam explains who God is, then actually you could connect with yeah. him on that level, you know? Yeah, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. I've been diving into these right-wing people on YouTube quite a bit over the past month or two and you know initially I felt like oh I'm I'm much closer to these guys than these leftists who are just nuts about <laughs> uh, you know political yeah. correctness yeah. and all yeah. that but but when I de delve into their ideas their ideas are sometimes equally ridiculous yeah, you yeah. know like um, even even stuff that I'm not really emotionally invested in like um, they're they're against socialism to the maximum. They're fully pro-capitalism. Even their arguments for that stuff, even though I don't agree with socialism or whatever, their arguments are also pretty dumb. So, um, so I just find, like you said, like we're right in the middle. Um, but I do think, bro, that these people who are getting frustrated about how the country has gone, mm. they won't just disappear and they won't just die that quickly, Yanni. And so the might and as they get frust and also there's so many Muslims and non-white people like in the UK for example mm. that those people are just going to stay yeah, right yeah. so because things will not change and those people exist they're going to get frustrated that they can't change mm. things and there might be a kind of boil over period but then like you said it'll probably go back to some kind of it's, it's, but it does yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking because the, the the issue is like you have those uh, sort of racist ideologies that are sort of the only way it's going to pass over because it, the mass media and mass institutions don't necessarily teach that to an extent right it's something that you're sort of either inherit or are taught by maybe your parents or your family whoever you come from right mm. but institutions that we send our kids to are so diverse anyway at you know currently mm. that a lot of that does actually go missing and a lot of that, like in, in in further generations, like parents can be racist, bro, but their kids might not yeah. be, you know. Like my, I've got like I think my sister was talking to me about someone, uh, one of her friends. Like her dad is super racist, mm. like doesn't like us, yeah. right? But my sister's friends with her his his daughter, you know, and his daughter hasn't inherited that mm. from him, only because yeah, she's yeah. been brought up in such a diverse community that it breaks yeah, it away. Yeah. You know, kids are taught racism; they're yeah. not born with it, so to speak. So and and you get a lot of like we live in we live in a society where teenage rebellion is the norm. Like teenagers rebel, yeah. bro. So when it comes to I don't know many teenagers that generally come from, you know, not not racist parents that develop racism, you know? 
yeah. but then there's teenagers <laughs> that come from racist <clears throat> parents that renounce their racism when they become you know free thinkers I think the diff I think the difference though is this recent surgence of uh, right wing uh, I don't know movement yeah it's young people yeah. and the, you, you have these right wing YouTubers yeah, yeah, yeah. who are like 25 yeah. like they're, li- they're young yeah. and it's not that they're racist like none of them are racist probably yeah. right? but what they what they uh, what drives them is not racism what drives them is probably not even like oh losing jobs and stuff it's stuff like not being able to say I disagree with Islam yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like they because of the PC culture mm. they're so fed up of being censored and they're like raised thinking that America or the US or whatever, uh, or the UK or whatever, is all about freedom of speech. Mm. And now they're being censored mm. and they're getting frustrated about it. That's what these people are. So they are young and that's what's surprising mm. about them is they're not the typical rednecks. They're young and a lot of them are kind of educated and they're, yeah, but maybe there's not that many of them. But I guess we'll see what happens. I think in the long term, Muslims are just having way more kids than everyone else. So <laughs> it's a difficulty. Keep it up, guys. <laughs> it's a difficulty, though, because the thing is, like, going back to that metaphor of, like, the shaken cup, yeah, the, yes, the, the yes. water will always keep moving in this society because there's nothing grounding it. Like, it's not like the dean which doesn't change, you know? Mm. So these things just... Oh, dropped. Went deep. Went deep. <laughs> well, this is it. Honestly, like, thinking about it, like, I was going to say, like, maybe, maybe these, you know, the, it's not that... The racist people have got more. It's just that they're feeling bouldered now by current world events. Yeah, they are. And they've got a voice yeah, and a platform to speak. Like now everybody's got a camera. Everyone's got a bloody YouTube. Yes. Everyone can film a selfie and then express their thoughts. You know, before it yes. used to be someone had to write a book to actually get a message out there. And now you can just yeah. flick a camera on. So I think these ideas have always yeah. existed. And these people have always existed. Um, mm. It's just now obviously they've got a platform and a voice. But as far as yeah. as human beings and society as a whole, what the norm will be, I don't think they can ever be a norm until you know until someone accepts that actually it's not our right to decide what the norms are, and we have to hand that over to a higher being. You know. Mm, yes. Yes. Subhanallah. And that's kind of linked to the whole trend of globalization, which includes the movement of people, like. People are going to move more and more than ever before in history. Mm. And so it's not going to be a wave of immigrants going like from India to the UK. It's going to be just people are always moving. Yeah. Like it, all over the world, like between India and Bangladesh. It's not just people going to the West. It's people going to be moving all over. Like, for example, in Algeria, um, more and more you find people are not staying in the the town where they were born. Yeah. They're going they're not leaving Algeria. They're going to other parts of Algeria. Yeah. And so this is becoming more and more the norm and families are getting split up. And so that is definitely the future, mm. um, whether we like it or not as well. Bro, I think people are moving the, for jobs. The, the, forget, like, because the thing is, a lot of stuff about globalization always talks about the movement of people. But now, you know, yeah. today, like, we're living in a time where it's movement of ideas that really transcend it. It's not necessarily movement yeah. of people. Like, there's people, there's there's young Muslim kids that have never left the village that they were raised in, but they've still got yeah. ideas that are completely foreign to where they're from. Because they've inherited it yes. from the internet, they've inherited it from TV. Do you know what I mean? Like this, you know, seeing like yeah. some of the stuff that my cousins in Morocco do, or are into, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. crazy, bro. Because that's so, they're so far removed from where that com- where that idea is originated from, or where that behavior is originated. Yeah, from, yeah. You know? So really, yeah, you know, people can combat. They can combat. You know, 
um, they can try and combat the ideologies and immigrants and this and that and the foreign na- like the foreign ideologies that infiltrate in their country, so to speak. Like that's what they say. But you can yeah. never fight the movement of ideas, bro. Like it's, it's just that's going to yeah. happen regardless. You know. Yeah, 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 man. Uh, last point. Last point. So obviously, it's pretty clear that unless you got another point, um, <laughs> that uh, it's it's pretty clear that. Um, you know the US has been top of the game in the world yeah. since about World War Two. They've been, you know, economy strong, lots of propaganda, lots of media, lots of influence here. Yeah. Um, it seems like obviously every empire has its kind of fall. Um, you know, bit by bit. Obviously, still you could say most powerful country on earth, right? But it seems like China's catching up in many ways, right? right. Um, what do you think, like? Like, I think it's inevitable that China will at least get to the level of the US in many things, like economy, influence, this and that. What would the world that China is leading look like? Uh, I've always thought of this, and I can't figure it out because I'm so far removed from, like, mm. the, like China as a yeah. country, as a, uh, the cultures that it has, the, you know, the norms that it, mm. it possesses. Like, it's so difficult to imagine it because you don't mm. know, you know? Mm. Um yeah, definitely. it's such an outlier. Like any other country, you can sort of figure out because you could just copy and paste it and just slap it onto whatever we have now. But this is so far removed, and I think mm. also because from our perspective, China is so um, separated from our media and our understanding and our worldview yeah. that you know because we see Europe interacting with America and America interacting with Europe and all that stuff, and we see the Arab world interacting with both, and we can sort of see that kind of. But the Chinese, like even the language is completely different, bro. Even the you know the characters that they use yeah. is completely different. It's so yeah. far removed. So I I mm. really haven't got a clue, mm. and that's why I find it hard to believe that that's what's going to happen. Like I can't really, really, yeah, I find it really difficult. But if that's the way things are looking, then I'll mm. mm. They they are they're ahead of the world in a few things. Like, but the thing with China, I you know what I learn about China always impresses me most of the time because when they want to do something, they just do it literally. They don't have none of this democracy going on. They just say, look, there's 100 million people chilling there. Get them to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just starts getting done. So, for example, they, they've said, okay, we, we know the future is AI. So, halas, we're going to create loads of companies that work on AI. Mm. And we're going to be the leaders in AI. Yeah. We're going to be leaders in robotics. And they just get on with it. And so, they're not, uh, like, what I've learned, like, apparently... They're not at the level of the U.S., but soon they're going to overtake the U.S. Um, and actually, they've got a 2030 plan to be the world leader in, I believe it's AI, um, by 2030. Yeah. So, like, they've got all these plans, like, we're going to be the leader in this, we've got to be the leader in this. And when they decide they want to do something, they just go out and do it. Yeah. So that's one, one thing about the Chinese is they don't have a slow decision-making process. They've just got a few people at the top who are saying, we're going to do this, we're going to go in this direction. And stuff like that, and they're trying to move to like a more technology-based economy rather than factories or factories. So that's one thing about them. The other thing is the way they interact with um, you know less developed countries or whatever is different to how the U.S. Mm. does. Like they've gone to the Arab world, they've gone to Africa, yeah, I was gonna say, and yeah. they try and yeah they try and create like contracts and try and it it, it almost looks like it's mutually beneficial. Mm. I've got this like. Thing, thinking that they're being sly about it and they're doing it with a smiley face but then 
you know, next thing you know, they control your, I don't know, oil or whatever. I don't know how it's going to work out. But they they do seem to have better um, relationships, genuine relationships with these countries more than the U.S. does. Yeah. The U.S., with the U.S., it seems like oh, we're forced to accept because all, otherwise you're going to bomb us into democracy. Yeah. But with China, it's like, oh, it seems on the surface that it's like mutually beneficial. So, But do you think, I like, we'll, we'll I don't know if China will... Like putting the only thing I can think of is like, do you think China will forcefully ha- like force this ideology on people that uh, in the same way that America does? You know, no, China doesn't have an ideology. Yeah, this is what I so mean, much, like, and that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. Is that the only ideology China has is we do what's best for us? Yeah, and that's what makes it so interesting. And that's what I like about China is that they're quite direct in what they want. Mm. Like they're clear when they come to your country to do some kind of deal they're clear that we want benefit out of this. This isn't a charity. We're happy to give you benefit because that's what's going to make this work. Yeah. But we want our benefit. Yeah. The US was always more like pretending that it's a charity and we're going to help you out. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. So um, that's what I prefer about China maybe is that they could be more brutal, but like they're, they're clear about what they want and stuff. And they're, they're very nationalistic. They're like, look, we do this stuff for our people and this and mm. that. Uh, so it's, it's more direct. I prefer direct really. Oh, you prefer okay? Then you, you're gonna have to live for a few more hundred years, bro. You're gonna have to learn Chinese. <laughs> yeah, I might do. We'll see. I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen, man. But the Chinese everywhere, like Malaysia, Chinese investing really heavily in Malaysia. Like all these huge companies, construction, this and that. Have you heard of the? It's called like the new Silk Road project or something. No, what's that? So it's like this Chinese initiative to. Um, create low huge infrastructure project to create infrastructure leading to china so for example they built a huge new port in karachi karachi links europe and the middle east through pakistan oh, into right, china yeah. or, or they're building they're building roads in afghanistan in central asia you know kazakhstan mm. uzbekistan they're building roads and railway projects to reach china that way as well they're building new uh, ports in uh, all these different Asian countries, in African countries, and all like they're they're spending loads, billions and billions of dollars, with the hope that the, all this linking back to China will help them. Yeah, economy. I've seen that, bro. Like I was going through Tunisia, and there was like bridges and um, roads that weren't there before, and they were, my dad was telling me, oh, yeah, this is this was built by um, Chinese workers and stuff like that. Like they'll come and invest yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I think some of it the government pays for, but a lot of it, these countries take loans from Chinese banks mm. um, to build it. Um, and I know in Algeria, like loads of the construction now is done by Chinese companies and, you, and they bring Chinese workers to do the work. Yeah. So you see quite a lot of Chinese in Algeria now. Um, so yeah, that's like pretty clever plan. Like honestly, I respect all the work and all the planning and strategy. Like it's very clever. Mm. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be good for us or not like I don't know we'll see we have to can't predict it can we no no inshallah hey, that's all you say inshallah bro yeah man okay any other points to bring Um, not really how long have we been going for an hour and 22 minutes good length my battery uh, my microphone battery is flashing as oh, well oh god so. let's wrap it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah guys uh thanks for listening if you're new please subscribe 
if you're not new then give us a rating inshallah on iTunes or um, share this episode or, or your favorite episode with people you can always email us at mindheistpodcast at gmail.com I'm going really quickly because my battery's <laughs> flashing. Uh, anything else to say? Uh, no, uh, yeah, you've already said the email thing. Um, that's about it. Uh, uh, bada bing, bada boom. Thank you for listening. <laughs> okay. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Shadu an la ilaha la ant. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.